This summer marks the two-year anniversary of the end of Britney Spears' conservatorship. And despite all her fans proclaiming, Britney is free at last, her problems aren't over yet. A perpetual topic of right-wing-owned celebrity media, Britney Spears is back in the spotlight after Fox News-owned TMZ has been blasting her as unhinged and in need of an intervention. Besides being lucrative link bait, why are these tabloids spending so much energy tracking her? Why can't they just leave Britney alone? Today, legal expert and writer Aaron Sullivan returns once again to look at Britney Spears' ongoing troubles with the tabloid press the hashtag free Britney movement, and how tabloid journalism is being used to regress society into harming women, LGBTQ plus folks, and people of color. Plus, can Madonna's fans sue her for distress? And the legal ramifications of Rihanna's baby reveal party slash Super Bowl halftime show. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Hi, this is Aaron Solomon. Hi, is this Aaron Solomon Esquire? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's probably one of them somewhere, yes. One of your titles. Hi, this is Fausto. And Mark from Feast of Fun. Hi, Fausto and Mark from Feast of Fun. Great to talk to you guys. You know, we had such a good time talking about Britney Spears with you that we had to get you back on the show. Everybody's saying, give me more, give me, give me more. Well, today's conversation is going to be toxic because none of us actually should be talking about Britney Spears. But for the record, neither you nor I started this a couple of days ago. Right. Well, I've tried to leave Britney alone over the years because I was commanded to do so by a famous Internet video. But Kara we, Cunningham, we just yes. can't leave Britney alone because we're, you know, she puts stuff out there and we're involved. We're fans and stuff's happening. It is happening. You know, I mean, all of this, the reason we're talking today is kind of TMZ stirred up a storm late last week saying that Britney and those in her entourage basically canceled an intervention and that she's going downhill. And as someone who covered Britney Spears very, very closely during her conservatorship, and especially when the court decided to review it, you know, this really concerned me. And I'll put this out there to start. It concerned me because I felt that what was going on late last week was really reminiscent of things that we were seeing in late 2007, the beginning of 2008, that kind of led up to her conservatorship. So I think, you know, no matter what Brittany a couple days ago said, you know, my fans are kind of a little out of control at the moment. It would be great if people didn't talk about me. Uh, I think that we need more voices at the moment to recognize the narrative that's going on. Mm -hmm. How do you see this narrative? What do you think is happening? You think it's a duplication of the same kind of thing that happened uh, all those years ago? They're trying to get her back into a conservatorship or... I think that we're certainly heading in that direction. You know, we can all preface this by saying what Brittany does is none of our business. She's a grown adult. And we talked about this, you know, in 2021 when she was going through getting her conservatorship overturned. Mm -hmm. So when TMZ comes out, and of course, TMZ's business is all about clicks, and they're very, very good at it. And when they come out and they say that intervention was planned last Tuesday, uh, that would have involved her husband, Sam Ascari, the manager, medical professionals. They even rented a house to do this, but it got canceled. It's very similar to what we saw in the beginning of 2008 with stories that TMZ broke, such as Brittany was in a truck stop washroom without shoes. Brittany said, you know, I'm a Southern girl and I don't always wear shoes when I go into a bathroom or I go into a truck stop. But this was taken as public evidence and evidence for public consumption that, you know, Brittany, there was something wrong with her and she couldn't take care of her own affairs. I saw late last week a similar narrative beginning. Brittany and Sam over the past few days have tried to say, hey, listen, she's fine. It's none of anybody's business, but I would be surprised if that quells everything that we're hearing right now. So to sort of get a good picture about what is going on with Britney Spears, Originally, she had a conservatorship, which was basically all her finances and a lot of her freedom was being controlled by her father, Jamie Parnell Spears. 
Exactly. So, and then because of public pressure and, and then a very famous, you know, legal battle, a very public legal battle, the, they gave her control over her finances back. The, a judge ruled that. And it seems like now new people, her current husband and other people near her are trying to gain control over her finances again. Is that what's going on? I don't know if I would phrase it that way. So the first part of what you said is right, yeah. and it goes beyond her finances. Under the conservatorship, you know, she wasn't allowed to get married. She wasn't allowed to make decisions as to whether she would tour. Uh, she wasn't allowed to have credit cards. I mean, a whole bunch she of different things. She couldn't have a baby, so, right? She could have a baby. I mean, okay, again, a lot of this, we, we haven't seen all the details of the conservatorship. So part of us is taking what Brittany says as gospel. The second part, I'm not really sure about, because we don't know at this point what's going on. Now, I think that there are definitely some people out there who are saying that her husband, Sam, and others are trying to exercise control over Brittany and her life. There are probably more people who are saying, no, Sam may be a good guy here, and he's trying to keep you know Brittany's overzealous fans away from her, and she saying that she should be able to run her life as she chooses to do so. The problem is, is that the narrative that we're seeing right now with people talking about Britney's well-being, and we saw this before last week in the TMZ article as well. We saw this when Britney was posting stuff on Instagram that a lot of people felt was inappropriate. So basically, it's really none of anybody's business what Britney's doing. This narrative can go south pretty, pretty quickly and turn into something like Britney's incapable of taking care of herself. Therefore, we should be thinking again about conservatorship. So it's kind of like uh, TMZ and other places are trying to whip up this kind of like mob mentality. We're all coming with pitchforks for Britney to get her back into a straitjacket. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely one way to look at it. Um, and that's what Sam, her husband, tried to do uh, over the weekend when he said, hey, listen, um, you know, everything is fine. Uh, there's really, you know, I'm, I'm her support. Uh, there's nothing to talk about at this point. He actually said, I think very close to a direct quote was an intervention did not occur. My wife is in full control of her life and she's going to continue to make all the decisions involving her care, regardless of circumstances. And nobody, her fans, you know, people like us, nobody should be speculating on her health that it's inappropriate. And that's great. And I think that's a really good reply. But I think it's also naive to believe that that's going to be the end of the speculation around Britney's well-being and whether she should be in control of her life. Because again, this happened in 20, 2007, 2008. It was very similar. Yeah, you predicted last time that you were on the show that even though her conservatorship was being dissolved, that that was just the beginning of new set of problems for her. And yet here you are. Back on yeah. the, on the I, I thought we would never talk to you ever again about Britney Spears. <laughs> well, you know, we could talk about something else, but no, the, the reality is, Britney, yeah. if we look at this through kind of a dispassionate lens, Britney really doesn't do herself any favors sometimes. The kinds of stuff she puts out on Instagram and other social media, um, you know, and somebody, I was mm -hmm. doing an interview last week and somebody was drawing comparisons between, you know, the stuff that Madonna's been putting out and some of the images she's been putting out. And I'm like, both of these people are adults and they can do whatever they want. And if Britney chooses to go on Instagram, you know, semi-clad, or she decides to go on Instagram and share feelings about, you know, her kids or her sister or whatever the case is, you know, she's a, an independent adult with a social media account and a password. She could do that. But that said, she does sometimes say things and portray herself in a way where people are like, you see, she's not able to take care of herself. But there's lots of people who put out things on Instagram than they shouldn't. There's lots of people who send emails and messages that they shouldn't do, but that's what we're allowed to do as adults. So... I mean, but it doesn't help her case when she goes on Instagram and she's like, everything's fine. <laughs> you know, and, and, and to me, it's like, look, it, it uh, blink twice, Brittany, if you really are in trouble. It's not like we can do anything about it, even if she was in trouble. And the same goes for Madonna and Michael Jackson. And, you know, uh, there's a there's a long list of entertainers that are beloved by the public and then who are may or may not be struggling with personal issues. And at that point in time, the lines have been blurred so much between their lot personal lives and their jobs that we can't separate the two. And so here we are 
um, you know, allowing basically the Fox News Corporation, which owns TMZ. They do? They sure do, baby. Uh, You know, uh, this is the same people who are like, you know, Jewish space lasers are, are trying to persuade us, the general public, into doing harmful behavior towards Britney Spears with, I guess, the end goal of dividing and conquering society and making it more conservative, more oppressive towards women. So, you know, it is besides Britney Spears that we're talking about here, there's bigger issues here. And one of them is, you know, tabloid journalism as a right wing mouthpiece. So as somebody who observes the media closely, often through a legal lens, I'm going to share something that I always say about Fox News and all of the Fox News properties. They do what they do extremely well. You know, I mean, we have we have to acknowledge. I don't know if they that. even have to make money. I mean, you look at the ads on like, you know, some of these shows and it's like, you know, garlic pills. And like pillows and shit like that. And I'm like, there's no way they're breaking it in. You know what I'm saying? And, and part of it is like, look, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin can fund it for till the end of time. It doesn't cost a lot of money to make. You know, I often listen to Fox News on satellite radio, not because I'm politically aligned with the things they're saying, but because I'd like to know what people are hearing and what people are seeing. Yeah. And often I'm taken aback by how well they're spinning their own narrative from what they purport to believe. That's dangerous because it's very easy for a TMZ over the course of several articles. And that's why Thursday's piece really stood out to me as something saying, whoa, this is very much like what was happening with Britney in the beginning of 2008. It doesn't take 100 pieces to create a lot of public dialogue about whether Britney should be in another conservatorship. It only takes a few powerful pieces. And by the way, Access Hollywood came out over the weekend with Sam Asghari, her husband's reply. So this is on the radar of very, very influential Mm. publications. And that's dangerous. And it's dangerous for Britney because this kind of thing can quickly spin out of control. Like I said, it doesn't take hundreds of pieces from a TMZ to, you know, Maybe have lawyers and maybe have courts say, is Brittany sending out help signals? Is Brittany really able to take care of herself? Is Sam a good guy? Or is Brittany sending us signals about Sam? We don't know. Nobody should be talking about any of this. But the point of us talking today is to say, pay attention to what you're seeing. Question why the things that we're seeing and hearing about Brittany are being said and what do they mean? Could all this lead us down a path legally where women can have their finances taken over by their families because they're, you know, too liberal or they're wanting to have autonomy over their bodies or uh, marrying the wrong kind of person, you know? So anybody who, so any woman who has significant means needs to be extremely careful about the people that that person, that woman, surrounds themselves with. Because Britney Spears wasn't the first and wasn't the last celebrity conservatorship. Remember, one of the things that we talked about the last time we talked was one of the great things that came out of Britney's, the end of her conservatorship, was Governor Newsom in California reforming conservatorship law. It's not perfect now, but it's better than it was. And one of those major reforms was that people like Jamie Spears really wouldn't qualify as a conservator today. He doesn't have the financial background, the education, and the training to be able to be a conservator. A court wouldn't immediately say no, but they would look much more closely than they did. The second big piece to come out of those conservatorship reforms was that, unlike with Britney's conservatorship, a conservatorship today would need regular reviews to make sure that there weren't conservatorship abuses. That said, to more directly answer your question, I think that any powerful and influential woman needs to make sure that they retain the instrumentalities of control in their relationships and their lives so that one day they don't find themselves like Michelle Nichols was from Star Wars, from, from Star Trek. I was about to say Star Wars, where, you know, she oh. lost her home. She was living with her kid, <laughs> yeah. right? And she didn't have control over her finances. And maybe for a short period of time, there was reason for her to have a conservatorship, but not for the length of time that she did. And, and then, of course, she passed. And that, I believe it also happened to Mickey Rooney as well, too. 
There were Joni yeah. Mitchell's been under a conservatorship. A lot of people. Joni Mitchell under, was under a conservatorship. She was at one point, yeah, and then it extended longer than she wanted it to be. Um, so this this does happen again. The people most vulnerable under a conservatorship are obviously people who have a problem taking care of themselves, but people who have significant resources. Uh, it doesn't just have to be a celebrity. It can be some wealthy person that somebody kind of gets into their life, has power of attorney, has control, and then takes control of their finances. Conservatorship can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing, and it needs a lot of scrutiny. That's something that we learned from Britney's conservatorship. Well, also, one thing we observed in, you know, the height of the AIDS crisis is that there were, you know, gay business owners whose businesses or homes were taken over by conservative family members when they were struggling with their health or, uh, you know, started passing away. And so their spouses or other people that should have been in control of their businesses or, or estates uh, were handed over to these people who had no interest or had opposing interests to the person who's uh, struggling with their health. And as a consequence, we saw a lot of money sort of being moved away from LGBTQ communities back into right-wingers and, and regressive peoples. And, and I'm just wondering, like, you know, are, are people, is the media, are, are other journalists or lawyers talking about the bigger picture here? I don't think they are, which which is a shame because, you know, mm -hmm. celebrity conservatorships, as you've said, you know, are just one type of conservatorship. Any legal instrument, any legal thing, for lack of a better word, that allows someone or a bunch of someones to exercise control over someone else needs to be extremely closely scrutinized. Sure. And it isn't always. The big difference between kind of a regular conservatorship and a celebrity conservatorship, as we've been saying, is that the celebrity conservatorships, the foundation of those often start in things like TMZ and Fox News. And that's why I think what's going on now with Britney, we have to be so careful. In the example that you just gave with someone who might be powerful and influential, but not in a celebrity way, you've got people kind of silently moving those, check those chess pieces until you have that person in check and they can't retain control of their own affairs. That's very, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I hope that things are going to work out for Britney Spears, you know, um, in terms of what happens next uh, where do you see all this going i mean it seems like you know fox news has kind of a vested interest in ruining her life like you know <laughs> i'm glad well, they, that you know they probably made yeah. just you know so much money from you know uh, talking about her that it's just it's one of those things that they just want to keep that pipeline going or is it or well, is there more nefarious stuff here are we trying to just you know, well, I mean, clearly it extends to the rights right. of women and, and marginalized yeah. people to own property. And it's like that's that's kind of why, you know, with Fox News, they're always like, well, if it serves one purpose and another purpose, that's a win win. Mm -hmm. And when it, it makes society more regressive, more conservative, they like that. I don't know why Rupert Murdoch hates the, the world and wants to undo democracy, but that seems like his, you know, the way of, that he is, right? And, and and all his businesses kind of follow suit. As an interesting aside, you know who Rupert Murdoch's guest was last night at the Super Bowl who sat next to him the whole game? Yeah, I sure saw that. I didn't see yeah, who was exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was this, Mr. Elon Musk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> you know, Elon Musk, can uh, he yeah. just hang out with enough evil, like, people in the world? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the you know, Hitler's still alive and hanging out with Elon Musk. The thing with Elon Musk is, at least, he's so comically evil. He really is like a modern-day version of, you know, 25 years ago's Dr. Evil. The problem when it comes to something like what's being said about Britney Spears yeah. is that people can often couch these things in, well, we're just extremely concerned about Britney, and we want her to be okay. But I think it's good that we question motives. So to get back to the original piece of your question, mm -hmm. I think in the ideal world, everybody, including us, would stop talking about Britney Spears. But I will be shocked if the rest of this week, we don't see more things being said about Britney. It doesn't take a lot of time to just Google Britney Spears and see that, you know, every 12 hours or so, something new is being said. Someone's either rushing to her defense 
or someone is saying, well, the things that she's saying are being bad. And again, I don't want to have to bring up Madonna again, but you know, Madonna has been criticized in the similar way that Britney Spears has over the past few weeks about what she's quote unquote done to her face. And Madonna <laughs> replied and said, that's just ageism. You know, I mean, Madonna can do whatever she wants with her face. But again, the fact that people are even talking about Madonna's face, I mean, she's a woman who is aging. We're all aging. And she's choosing to look a certain way, which is totally her right to do. But when people start saying that shows perhaps that she's not balanced or not well, we're getting into very dangerous territory. Can, can Madonna's fans sue her for causing them distress? <laughs> uh, no, and I don't think Madonna could even sue her fans for causing her distress. As Sam said about Britney, you know, we have overzealous fans mm. who supposedly made these like 911 calls saying we're concerned about Britney, which of course is totally over the line. For any Britney fans listening to this, don't do that. Don't call 911. Mind your own business. Um, you can be a Britney Spears fan, and you can maybe even comment, Britney, we hope you're well, but it should pretty much stop at that. Mm. Um, these, these are actual real people who are entitled to have at least semi-private lives. The problem is, as we said, big, powerful media gets behind this mm. and foments, as we say in the law, encourages, fuels this conversation. And I don't think it's going to stop. I think that, you know, a month from now, we're going to see more things being said about Britney Spears' actions and inactions and people questioning whether she's well. So everybody should just take a breath, take a moment, you know, wish her well, and then just, you know, don't say anything or don't do anything. Let her handle it herself. Well, because we have to remember, again, where the narrative started in 2007, 2008. The this doesn't go to this. Yeah, exactly. This doesn't go to a good place. Mm. This is how a celebrity conservatorship begins. This is what I've talked and written about over the past mm. few days. People need to be careful because this thing spirals out of control quickly. I think that all of us, if we had somebody looking at our lives 24-7, would find things that we do or things that we don't do that they might find troubling. Mm. Um, and I think that when you look at somebody like Britney Spears, who uses social media maybe more than she should or in ways that she shouldn't, people can say, see, this is evidence of X or evidence of Y. It's actually not. It's evidence of somebody just choosing mm -hmm. to use social media. So people have said to me over the past few days, if I was doing crisis management for Britney or I was advising Britney legally, what would I say? And I would say, you know, lay low. I've said that for a while. I've said that since her conservatorship. But she chooses not to. That doesn't give TMZ and Fox News and anybody else license to make inferences and draw conclusions about what this means when she does these things. And that's kind of where we are today. Mm. Uh, this kind of reminds me of the lawsuit Burnett versus National Enquirer. Uh, the entertainer Carol Burnett sued them for defamation and actual malice. Uh, does does Britney Spears have a, a case here against Fox News? That's a great question. So let's leave out the Fox for a second. Let's yeah. just say at this point, does Britney Spears have a case against any publication? I would say right now, not yet, but we're getting there. Like, you know, because it would have to be a little bit more granular than the TMZ piece. So the TMZ piece spoke about people in her life are concerned, right? So if TMZ later this week were to give false facts, facts they couldn't back up. And again, you know, come on, the National Enquirer and the Carol Burnett case, TMZ, they actually run things, they have to run things by lawyers before they put them out, right? <clears throat> Sorry. So they mm -hmm. do that. It seems like they don't when they put these things out, but trust me, they do. And lawyers are telling them, guys, because it's mostly guys, guys, you're getting close to the line. You're not at that line yet. So it's pretty rare that TMZ would put out something that would open them up to a defamation suit. But if they do, then, yeah, she should go after them. Yeah, it just always feels like, you know, in the in the years that we've done this podcast and, you know, we usually get good cooperation from other news and media. But it, if it's celebrity oriented or reality TV show oriented, they tend to behave at their worst behavior. They tend to <laughs> and, and um, you know, without getting into details there, it's like always my my, you know, the hair on the back of my neck always stands up straight whenever I have to deal with 
uh, you know, tabloid journalism, whether it's sure. Perez Hilton, whether it's, you know, a uh, queer celebrity oriented news or, or right wing celebrity oriented news. There's just something about that mindset that attracts terrible people into it. I think also part of it is, you know, when we talked earlier in the yeah. show about clicks, the stakes are so high in these things, meaning that if you break a Britney Spears story, if if Britney Spears goes back into a truck stop in 2023 without shoes on, the organization that breaks that is going to be able to monetize those clicks. So with everybody chasing the same monetization in 2023, which didn't exist in 2007, mm -hmm. that is why I think what you're saying is so true. The game is being played with really, really high stakes. People don't understand, though, that those stakes are often people's lives and people's sanity and people's freedom. Well, and also, you know, you travel to Los Angeles and you sort of meet these paparazzis and you're just like, they're people that you would cross the street to avoid. You know, they smell funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not like well in the heads themselves. And I'm like, uh, you know, physician, heal thyself before you like throw any disparaging comments about Britney Spears. They're the ones going into truck stops and, you know, eating off the floor. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, it's so to me, it's like, it, it seems like, we're not turning the lens back on the people who are holding the camera. And I think that's part of the problem that we're facing here. And, and you I, know, I think it's more exciting to talk about Britney Spears. Like we're going to title this show is will Britney ever be free? And really this is a show should be like, you know, how celebrity journalism is killing us softly. It's toxic. I have a theory, yeah. have a theory yeah. as to why we, why it is. I really think things shifted in early 2020 when the pandemic hit yeah. because our appetite for content became so much more voracious and we haven't, we haven't weaned ourselves from that. So even though we're probably busier than we were in the beginning of 2020, when a lot of us were under lockdown, um, I was moving back from Europe to North America at the beginning of 2020, going through a transition and consume more content as well and probably consume a lot more content now than I did, let's say in 2019 still our habits changed. Like think about Netflix revenue and how many more show Netflix comes out with. It was driven by our demand. So because mm -hmm. we have so much more demand for content, you know, people have to come up with stories like is Britney well, because we need more stuff to consume. And that's not a good thing. I mean, I'm not defending this at all. I'm just saying, I think that there was really a shift in the beginning of 2020 on every platform, social or otherwise, that we wanted more content. Where do and we, it often comes at bad costs. Where do we go from here? Like, uh, what's next? For Britney or, or generally for how we consume content? I mean, all of the above, but especially well, for, for Britney, you know? Well, for Britney, yeah. I really, really hope that, you know, uh, that I, I am surprised and that by the next weekend that we have, um, I'm reading less about Britney. I just think that this kind of thing ends up fueling itself. It really does have a domino effect. And then people hypothesize more things, and some of these things can be very, very dangerous. Now, what this means for Britney, it might have to be that, you know, she has to get off social media, or she has to go on a trip, or she has to, who knows what, maybe things she doesn't want to do. But anything that can diffuse this, so she's less in the public spotlight when it comes to, obviously this is all about her mental health or what her perceptions of her mental health is, mm. is good. I mean, I think that's so good. So Kara Cunningham was right all along. Leave Britney alone, leave Madonna alone, leave Sam Smith's body alone, leave Rihanna's baby bump alone and so <laughs> on and so on. We should be leaving all of them alone, but, and it's a big, but if the TMZs of the world aren't leaving them alone, we have to have conversations where we share really what's going on. And that's, I think, what we're trying to do today is to say, we didn't start talking about Britney Spears last week. The TMZs of the world did understand that this is what led to a conservatorship in 2007, mm -hmm. 2008. Be mindful of what's happening because this it's a slippery slope and they could slide back into something like this very quickly. Precisely. Mm. Did you watch the Super Bowl halftime show? Not only did I watch it, and I will, I will preface this by saying that, you know, I am a, I'm a huge Prince fan and a minor Prince historian. Oh, and wow. I've seen him in concert more than I've seen anybody. Love Prince. Can't believe he's gone. I, so I believe that Prince's halftime show was the best ever. I believe no matter what people are saying on Twitter, and I'd love to hear what you guys say, Rihanna was a close second. That was unbelievable. What did you like about it? I loved the visuals. 
I love the energy. I love the baby reveal. I think it's a singular love- though visual. <laughs> yes. the, well, the, comp- the complaint was that she didn't change any outfits, and then afterwards, everyone's like, "She kind of looked like she was pregnant." And everyone's like, "Respect her privacy and stuff." And then I open up, you know, the newspaper in quotations, and of course, the front page is Brianna confirms that she's the first pregnant woman to do a Super Bowl halftime show, and I'm just kind of like. You know, in terms of, uh, we're talking to a lawyer, if one of those cables on that platform snapped, God forbid. There's three other cables and she's w- uh, wired <laughs> But you in. know, I'm just like, like I'm, I'm looking at the, the uh, Skycam footage mm-hmm. and that thing is swinging and she's holding, she was a good actress because she, she, she didn't look like she was nervous at all. I think everything looked pretty steady. I bet she barely even felt that thing move. I, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, oh shit. Some people described it as kind of like more like uh, low energy, that it was just kind of, you know. Like she's pregnant? <laughs> like she's in her sixth month? I mean, she got pregnant on the, on the when she gave birth to the uh, for her first child, you know? Like on in the hospital. Like what? That's why people are saying like they're, it's an Irish twins, you know? That oh. she was so, she just had a baby and now she has another baby. On oh, I didn't realize the baby was that young. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was following this on real time yeah. on Twitter as well as watching it. And what the people on Twitter were saying two things. Number one, I can't believe that she, before they even recognized the bump, they said that's really pretty high up there. In fact, some of the NFL analysts were also saying, I looked up like Michael Strahan, right? Who's a friend of hers and interviewed her. He looked up, he's from, you know, like good morning America, whatever it is. And a former NFL player, he looked up and said that was really high. Mm. But then immediately they didn't wait until the end of her performance. Once she took that side shot, all of Twitter was like, is that a baby? Um, and then of course they confirmed later that it was, mm. I just think that her performance last night, people believed that her performance was going to be a prelude yeah. to an announcement of a residency mm-hmm. or a tour. Can you think of a better way for a prelude to say, not having a kid? Mm. That was super it was very cool. sublime in a way. Well, you know, these baby reveal parties are getting out of control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do a billion dollar Super Bowl now. Right. I think my favorite part is when she stuck her hand down by her vagina and then smelled her hand afterwards. <laughs> I was just like, all right. This is what ba- motherhood smells like. <laughs> You know, there's no doubt, like, I mean, she is, like, just such an unbelievable star, like, a generational talent. And I just think that for the context, and also, you know, the Super Bowl is so overhyped now. Mm -hmm. When Prince was doing the Super Bowl, it wasn't the kind of thing that it is now. Even the way they did the player introductions last night, you know, with DJ Khaled and stuff, it was ridiculous. It's so over the top. Maybe this zeitgeist is that kind of performance i loved it well the thing that i liked about it too is you know a lot of these things have been these great big giant celebrations and uh with her though i think especially now because we see what the nfl is really like and with colin kaepernick and uh i know rihanna is a person that really believes in social justice i think that part of the reason why her her thing was kind of subdued too is because she's like look i'm going to give you entertainment but i also want you to realize that there's some fuckery going on around here as well is, is kind of like the feeling that I got from it. Oh, listen, I think that's a great analysis. I'm a huge football fan, mm-hmm. and I think that the NFL as an organization is, like, very dastardly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk all the time. Like, they're showing some of the white assistant coaches on the sideline who some are going to be named head coaches this week. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And I think that people like Rihanna understand that you can celebrate the players, celebrate the game. Mm-hmm. But there's things that you definitely have to, you know, look at more closely, for sure. Uh, technically, is she volunteering for the event? Because uh, the Super Bowl halftime show performers traditionally do not get paid. By the NFL. By the NFL. We're wondering if she got paid by Apple Music. That's a great question. I don't know the answer yeah. to that. I know it was super well Apple Music branded. If mm-hmm. If Apple Music didn't end up paying her tons of money, then that's the worst deal ever. It was mm. funny because one of the people that I really admire as an athlete is Naomi Osaka, the tennis player. She was there last night and she even tweeted, or she went on Instagram early in the first half saying, I'm only here for one reason. She didn't say what the reason was, but she was at the game to watch Rihanna. I think they're actually friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's pregnant as well, by the way, with Corday, the rapper. Uh, they're having a baby together soon. That's why she's not playing tennis at the moment. So there mm. were some really cool parallels. Um, and Naomi Osaka has also, I bring her up because she is one of the most 
popular and famous athletes off the tennis court, mm. she brings in around $50 million a year in endorsements. So I think that, you know, she's in Rihanna's league when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, I mean, a lot of people saw her uh, Whoville look like she had skinned the Grinch and wore him as a coat <laughs> in that green fur coat, you know? And, exactly. uh, and actually the hair that she has is paying tribute to in real life. She's friends with RuPaul's Drag Race winner, Simone. Oh, okay. Whose entry look onto Drag Race was the same hairstyle. And that hairstyle is in reference to RuPaul's hair from her music video, Back, Back, Black to My Roots, Where My Love Can Be Found and My Heart Rings True. And so Simone, when she was on Drag Race, she imitated two of the hairstyles from that music video. And the, the more famous one was the, the loops mm. with the balls on the sides, but also the, the braids that Rihanna wore, those are in reference to Paul and Simone's look. So I was hoping that, you know, with all this um, conservative backlash towards drag queens, where they're basically saying, like, you know, now at Disney World, they have to do a gender check to make sure that whoever's playing the Wicked Witch is a lady and not a dude. And I've been to Disneyland in California where I've seen Cruella DeVille played by a man. So yeah, all the time. You know, so. Well, and, and, you know, conservatives are trying to pass laws basically making it legal to be transgender. That's ultimately where this is headed. And, and so uh, a lot of, you know, drag queens are thankfully uh, using their platform to draw, raise awareness to this because it is going to affect a lot of people, not just drag entertainers. It, it's going to affect theater in general, trans people and anybody who wants to celebrate Halloween. Uh, and and I guess I'm, I'm curious, like in, in terms of your uh, vantage point, like it would have been nice. And as a Rihanna fan, it would have been nice if she brought some other people to collaborate with, especially her friend Simone or somebody that she was like closer to, to be like, Hey, drag is okay. And then make history by having the first drag queen at the Super Bowl. Half yeah. I mean, show. the thing is, that would be great, right? And it's easy to deconstruct these things, but remember that no matter how big the artist is, it's a it's a push and pull with the National Football League as to what they allow. I guarantee you that those moves that you talked about and the one making its way around social media today is when she squeezed her butt cheek twice. These were not approved by the National Football League. I'm sure the National Football League is not happy because the NFL is about family-friendly entertainment. If you don't count maiming people, which is what <laughs> football does every day, um, but it's about, so they, there's no way they approve this kind of stuff. Violence so to actually okay, get sex, stuff, no. Yeah. Am I pronouncing her name correctly? It's MIA, right? Who performed the rapper who performed with Madonna when she did the Super Bowl. She pulled out the middle finger. And I guess uh, the Super Bowl, the NH NFL, successfully sued her for millions of dollars for flipping the bird. Really? Yeah. Well, and also remember the yeah. Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson. What? <laughs> well, actually, that's uh, what started what? podcasting uh, in in uh, in a general sense. Uh, you know, a lot of people sort of reacted to the right wing crackdown, and you know, and how Janet Jackson that was the year before podcasting really started. So it was two thousand four Super Bowl, and then mm -hmm. we started this podcast in February two thousand five. Our first show was actually about the Super Bowl and about Janet Jackson and breast commercials. And the commercials and how they ch went with Paul McCartney was a very safe bet. Although it was strange that Paul McCartney also showed his nipples on I television. Know, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, I, I guess I'm curious to hear like your thoughts about, you know, the lawsuits that have been or that, you know, the Super Bowl through to MIA or, uh, you know, just this kind of like idea that that it's like the artist is liable for whatever they do and not the people that hired them, you know? Well, listen, I'm sure that this is in the agreements. The NFL is extremely protective of their brand. Yeah. And while it's easy to think of it as like, oh, it's a football league, it is a massive business on an international scale. The NFL is not just big in the United States. It's big all over the world. It's a multi, multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar business when you look at the value of all of its franchises. So the NFL has everything contractually bound. And if you break a contract with the NFL, they're going to sue you. Whether that is for a performance or for the use of its logo or its brand or you say things about the NFL that you shouldn't, the NFL will come after you. And they're not alone. I actually just finished writing a piece that I had published this morning about Nike 
going after Bathing Ape for stealing some of their sneaker designs from the Air Force One. Nike sues everybody. Nike is suing Lululemon at the moment because Lululemon is making a sneaker with a fabric that's too close to its fly knit fabric. So if Nike is going after everybody, the NFL is going after everybody, we live in an extremely litigious time. And you're in business. And business is booming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, business is booming. It's booming. In, I mean, business is booming in every area of law. And yeah. sadly, to go back to the beginning of the conversation, including people who are very good at getting people into and out of conservatorships. Well, you know, you go on social media and you see all these right wingers are like, I'm going to sue Sam Smith for having a satanic performance with Kim Petras at the Grammys. And, you know, uh, Rihanna, all she was missing is a set of, uh, of horns, and she could have been a, a, a devil, too. You know, it's like, it, I call this, like, vanilla Satanism, because, you know, you think about, like, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas Priest, Kiss, uh, <laughs> and, and how they were, like, biting the heads off of bats. Uh, the, the story behind Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off of a bat is that he was so high and drunk, he thought it was a plastic bat. That, that fell in, flew into a light, got zapped, dropped in front of him. He picked it up, bit the head off, and threw it into the audience. And then later had to get all these uh, shots, tetanus shots, or no rabies shots. Yeah, because he bit the head off of a bat. That actually did happen. And so you know, when we look at someone like Sam Smith, you know, looking like he went to Party City, <laughs> rest in peace, Party City. Uh, to wear his, uh, you know, little devil horns. And he's like, I'm a sexy little devil or little Nas X. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a scary, it's, it's cartoonish. It's, you know, it's, it's Disney version of Satanism, you know? Well, can you imagine people back in the seventies yeah. getting as exercised as we do today over someone like Greta Thunberg? They'd be like, whatever. She wants to protest, <laughs> let her protest. Who cares? Right. Yeah. But today it's like a big deal. The whole Andrew Tate, Greta Thunberg thing, which, which took such a delicious, ironic twist when he ended up going to jail, uh, was, is it, just crazy. We just get, you know, we get so angry about so many things. Listen, we should be angry about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things we've discussed in the podcast today are really good things mm -hmm. to get angry about. But the problem is with the 24 seven feed, anytime we pick up our phones, which we have with us all the time, um, it's sometimes tough to differentiate what we should be exercised about and things we should let slide. My favorite uh, uh, Greta Thunberg uh, uh, beef is not the uh, Andrew Tate one. It's the Raven from RuPaul's Drag Race season two or is it three? <laughs> She's season, season two. two. Yeah. Season yeah, two. Yeah. And she did some video where she was just like, I just wish she would go away. Who is she? The 16 year old girl. Why doesn't she just shut up? She's taking this train, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, so anti Greta Thunberg. And I'm just kind of like, it's so, it would seem so weird to me. And then like three weeks later, we find out that RuPaul might be fracking. Is fracking, <laughs> you know, is yeah. allegedly fracking. Well, and, he said then, on on NPR that it was oil and, uh, and you know, like water and stuff, mineral rights, mineral rights. Yeah, she didn't really say fracking though, but it was inferred. <laughs> Close enough, yeah. And if you overlap where she lives uh, or where her ranch is in Wyoming, you know, I'm just trying not to get sued here because we don't know for sure that there is like fracking in that area or something like that. And she also does like RuPaul's makeup. It's so not I'm libel kinda, if it's true. So I'm kind of like God. How how evil is this petroleum empire? Here's a tip. The best thing you can always say not to mm. get sued is allegedly. Yes, that's allegedly. why I put that in there. But exactly. to me, I'm just I'm finding, I'm like, look, allegedly, um, it's true. You know, it's like, it's, and, you know, when people say that to me, if I'm just If it's not like, true, tell me it's not true. Yeah, it's not liable if it's true. What, what, do you want, what would you want to settle here? What, what questions do you have? And that they, they just go away like ghosts. Boo. You know? And part of it is like, you know, allegedly, you know, we got that from Star Jones on The View, <laughs> who's no model of behavior. But do you really feel like just throwing the, the, the word allegedly is really going to be this blanket protection? He just said it is. <laughs> well, no, I said it's better than nothing. Listen, it's, it's better not than a blanket. Nothing. It's, it's, it's a blanket with holes. It's definitely better than not covering yourself mm. with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't say things like allegedly Britney Spears is crazy. You could say that allegedly... Britney Spears, according to reports from friends, yeah. got herself out of the intervention. 
Well, it's like also like when people say like this is for entertainment purposes only, it's like we can see like, OK, you can say that. But like we just watched the uh, the documentary about Miss Cleo. You remember her? The um, the uh, television psychic, psychic from the television psychic. They would say, that, you know, this corporation was like this is for entertainment purposes only. But yet they were still ripping off people. And the, and the attorney general from the state is like, you can say those three little words or whatever. But it does. If you're committing a crime, you're still committing a crime. It's like the fail army videos where, you know, you see a car accident and they say no one was harmed or injured. You know, don't try this at home, folks. And don't try this at home isn't a good enough disclaimer either. Just don't do it. Mm. Uh, you remember when Liberace sued, was it the National Enquirer for saying he was gay? <laughs> I think and it he was won. the Enquirer. Yeah. He won. Yeah. He won. Right, because because the National Empire's defense there would have had to be proof. Mm -hmm. Proof proof is, as you said, the ultimate defense to defamation, if you can prove something to be true. Clearly, the National Enquirer had people saying that it was so, but they couldn't prove it, and you can't win. Mm. And I hope that the listeners can understand that it's not just about, like, popcorn and cotton candy entertainment, that, you know— your opinion and how we talk about Madonna's face or Samson's bodies or uh, Rihanna's pregnancy or Britney Spears' state of mind or any entertainer that we love that may be doing things that distresses us or that we don't agree with has bigger ramifications that impact us personally. Agree. I totally agree. Because this all speaks to our freedoms and liberties. If Madonna, who is extremely wealthy and powerful, and has not been under conservatorship, isn't free to have her face look however she wants or get her son in TikTok dances or do anything that people have an issue with, then what are we all going to be free to do? And that's something I think that we need to more actively question. You can't say, this person can't do something, but I'm free to do whatever I want at any time. I do have to say that, you know, anytime that people have done that to us, where they're like, you know, <laughs> and, but it, yes, Mark and I, our listeners, our fans are always also trying to control us, too. <laughs> I don't like what you did with this, you know, and, and usually it's uh, it's it's about like me sort of moving into a bodybuilding content and, you know, experience for myself after a lifetime of dedicating it to uh, entertainment and drag content um you know there, there is i'm getting like a sense of really negative feedback from our audience and and to me i'm just like you know because there's an expectation of the person you would be as opposed to the person that you are and my mother who is right now in assisted care me and my my siblings we were talking about why is this so emotionally so hard and part of it is like i think about seeing Madonna, the person she is today, is also emotionally hard because we're experiencing two deaths, in a sense. It's the death that is to come, and it's the death of the person as we would like them to be who isn't there. That's the thing. And Foster was saying this to me last night. And I'm like, what did you actually expect Madonna to be like at the age of 64? Well, we saw her at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And she had jowls. You know, she was, she was this beautiful older woman. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, right. my God. Growing old is going to be beautiful. If anybody can make it being, you know, wrinkled and, and have well, sagging I, I jowls yes. and make it sophisticated and fun, it's going to be Madonna. Mm. And Madonna is robbing us of that, what we wanted to see. Well, people are all freaking about the one image. And she put out a statement. She said that was a newspaper's uh, uh, reporter's photo from a thousand feet away with a telescopic lens. It's distorted. I don't really look like that. And she doesn't. I mean, she does still, like, if you follow her on Instagram like I do, she kind of looks like one of those, you know, Egyptian sphinx cats. Like, she's yeah. kind of got that thing kind of going on. But, you know, she's still moving. Her body works and her face is, uh, you know, it's under construction. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's who she wants to be. But then I have to ask myself, am I doing that to other people as well? Like mm. we all are, so, somebody is a fan of ours. Somebody has an expectation of who we are going to be in the near future. And when we don't meet those expectations, you know, do we have a right to then hold ourselves accountable in the same way? For what they want out of me? No. Right. So I'll, I'll drop no. a little bit of knowledge and experience from being, you know, close to six decades old. And here's what it is. I, I truly, honestly could not care less what anybody in the world thinks of me. 
I really don't. I make the decisions that are the best for me and for people that I love. But as far as what I say, what I don't say, what color clothes I wear, you know, how often I shave my head, whatever, it's, I, I really honestly couldn't care less. If Madonna is trying to recreate the face that she had during the Like a Virgin era, more power to her if that's what she wants. Unfortunately, we're, we're conditioned as a society that we think, is she doing these things because she feels that she's being forced to, this is the way people see her, whatever the case is. But if it's coming out of her saying, you know, at this age, I would like to look this way, then great. Be who you want to be and be what you want to be. It's very difficult when people live in the public spotlight, and all of us today live more in the public spotlight than we ever have because of social media. You know, it's difficult to separate yourself, I think, from what other people are thinking or what other people want of us. And then, you know, five years from now, Sam Smith is going to get a personal trainer, get six-pack abs, and everybody like, oh, my God, you're a hero. <laughs> and to me, I'm just like, you know, it you're beautiful take, now, and you can be beautiful in other ways as could well. You take the Elton John route and just not do care. any of that. Just be like, it's just costumes. <laughs> you know. Well, we all But he care. could do the Adele route and, you know lean up and get buff and make everyone eat it. But it makes me feel uncomfortable, like talking about, Adele. like for example, with Adele, it's like, I don't want to be like, Oh, she's so beautiful now. No. Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to say to somebody is like, and, and it's not true. You know, beauty is not just on how much body fat you have or don't have. It's on the inside. It's many things. It's, it's the actions It's your relationships to others is, your kindness, your compassion, how kind and compassionate you are to yourself, how kind and compassionate you are to your friends and family, to the people that uh, adore you, you know? And, and I would, I like to think that, you know, Madonna for, for all her strange behavior, uh, weird is a wonderful thing. She's actually very kind and compassionate to her fans. No, I think that's very, very well said. As Brittany has been with her, which is why when, yeah. she, when she and Sam pushed back saying, you know, you're kind of overstepping that line between fandom and inappropriate behavior, uh, I think that people should think twice about that. But as we said, that's very, very difficult when tabloids are fueling the dialogue and fueling the narrative. So the solution is just to uh, basically um, burn down the Fox News studios. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, the solution would be that we don't read and we don't pay attention to things like that. But, of course, TMZ knows when they put something out about Britney's health and her mental health that people are going to talk about it. Well, it was it was uh, actually Bill Clinton who got rid of the fair. I think uh, he deregulated uh, the ownership of news media and the removal of the fairness doctrine basically allowed most media to be consumed by a handful of corporations and that's why we're sort of in the state that we're in today. Yeah, exactly. Susceptible yeah. to propaganda, right? Yeah. And, and, and so we can say, you know, we can say, hey, let's not watch Fox News and make it happen. But Fox News doesn't need our money, our views to exist. It exists because it's funded by terrible people who are trying to shape our behavior, regardless of whether advertisers find value in it or not. And that's why a lot of these like right wing, for example, AM radio shows, they're funded by Republicans or by, you know, these uh, or political organizations. They have no ads on them at all. You know, and unfortunately, we'd need ads because <laughs> we wouldn't be Somebody's got to pay the bills. Somebody's got to pay the bills. We do rely on listener support. And, you know, and we thank the listeners and we thank uh, Aaron Solomon Esquire. For coming to talk about these big, big issues. Thanks for having me. Hopefully the next time we talk about Britney Spears, it's just about how well she's doing. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Well, you know, we won't know because we left her alone. <laughs> I'm sure she'll pop up on Instagram again and be like, I'm okay. Everything's all she's right. She's uh, Schrodinger's we'll celebrity. What do you mean by that? You know, Schrodinger's cat is when you open the box and you don't know if it's dead or alive. With Britney, it's like... You want to leave her alone, so you don't know if she's str struggling or doing fine. Mm. And I well, hope that she's doing fine. And Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show, by the way. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks again for having me. That was great. Thank okay. you very much. All right. Take care. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Aaron Solomon lives in Montreal, Quebec, the province of Quebec in the country of Canada. That is correct. And you can read more about Britney Spears' articles by Aaron Solomon at Today's Esquire. Yeah, today with an S. Esquire.com slash Aaron with one A hyphen Solomon. Of course, we're going to put the link in the show notes. So if you're listening on your favorite podcast player, you can just scroll down Mm -hmm. and click on that and read more about Brittany, bitch. And you can become a Plus member at feastoffun.com slash plus and listen to our previous interview with Aaron talking about interviews, interviews with Aaron about the whole like Britney Spears He's our go-to expert on Britney. Yeah. And as soon as Brett like she popped up in the news, he goes, you guys want to talk again? I'm like, sure. Let's talk about Britney again. Again? <laughs> well, this is a bigger thing. This is a bigger thing. Because if Britney wasn't there, there'd be somebody else. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing about it is like, you know, I guess the Fox News was like, it's nothing personal, Britney. We're just trying to make money here. Mm. And I'm like, like you're trying to make money. It's like. You know, he says, I mean, this is where I disagree with Aaron. It's like they're that they're all advertising click driven. But I'm like, if there was zero ad dollars coming in, TMZ would still be there because they're getting funded. Yeah, they're getting funded by, you know, who knows what goons, what ghouls are cooking up. The pillow guy is funding. Who even buys those pillows anymore? Yeah, it's like, you know, they're not comfortable right weren't they like i have no idea remember when they were had the pillows with the um the the seeds in them or something and they were buckwheat some, buckwheat hulls people like those though they I do some people do yeah it's not for me he's not the pillow no i'm sure his the, stuff my pillow is just like nonsense yeah. yeah the memory phones i just i'm not the, a fan of they that. hold too much heat they're too hot. They distort easily. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is hell, you know? Mm. And my mother, like, one year, she just decided to replace every mattress in her house and pillow in her house with memory foam stuff because she decided, like— She wanted to be con- cheap. Well, n- no. She thought it was going to be um, good for your back and be more comfortable mm. and stuff. And I was just like, this is hell. <laughs> oh. I was like, what did you think about—you uh, know, since we're not going to get to do a whole show on uh, the Super Bowl and Rihanna— and, you know, Madonna's face and Sam Smith's body. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's chiming in on the Internet about it. Uh, what are your thoughts about all Well, on Madonna's face, I'm just kind of like, uh, what, did you, what did people expect her to do? They're all like, why doesn't she just grow old gracefully? I'm like, is this not growing old gracefully? Well, it's growing <laughs> out differently. It's differently. Listen, she's a performer. She's out there. She's making music. She's she's happy. She's dancing. She's going on tour. You know, Fausto mentioned that she probably never has to work again. Yeah, she might not ever have to work again if she didn't want to fund a school in Africa, if she didn't want to endow her children with money. Uh, she could probably retire. But, you know, it's expensive being Madonna. Just her lawyer bills in a year are probably millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Aaron Just, isn't cheap. You know? And yeah. <laughs> so you got to keep on working. You got to keep on doing your thing. And if she wants to have cosmetic surgery, have, have the cosmetic surgery. Would you uh, get more surgery on your face? I've never had any surgery on my face. <laughs> but I, Notice I, how I phrase the question. It's a gotcha question. <laughs> but I am getting Botox this week. So we'll you are. I am. Yeah. Oh, where are you going to do? Uh, I, I don't know. I made an appointment. A friend sent me something. So I'm, I'm You got a Groupon? For- I, I'm, no, actually, I'm, I'm paying. It was, it's actually, it's not Botox. It's Zemon or something like that. It's a Z. Botox uh, X-E-O-M-E-N. So it's cheaper. So I thought I'll, I'll give it a try and see how it goes. Somebody w- said to you, you were sitting in a sauna the other day, and they said, damn, you're so beautiful. That's true. And you're like, thank you. You have excellent <laughs> taste. <laughs> Thank you. Like Joan Collins in Dynasty. <laughs> yes, I agree. Actually, that's also uh, Diane Carroll said that as but, well. But, you know, yeah. I, listen, I'm, I'm at that age where it's like I don't think I need to get any kind of facelift or anything like that. But, you know, who's to say in t- when I'm Madonna's age at 64 what I'm going to have done? Well, because, you know, in some ways we love uh, – there is a, a part of self-love in our faces. And as we grow older, our faces change. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at ourselves and we're like going, oh, I wish I was this young, pretty thing, you know, and and it's like, and now I'm this wrinkled, you know, graying, mm-hmm. sagging, you know, but the that change, and, and I hate using the words wrinkled, gray or sagging, you know, different mm-hmm. is attractive to other people, you know, and it's like when I was, you know, in my 20s, I always thought, you know, silver daddies were hot, you know, and now that I'm, a, you know, <clears throat> A silver daddy. Who dyes it. <laughs> who dyes his hair. Uh, you know, to me, it's like I'm attractive to somebody else that may see something different in me. 
Exactly. You know, and it's like, and, and we're going to be going to the Arnold Fitness Expo in Columbus, Ohio, on the first weekend, and hanging out with you know some of the most physically fit men and women and non-binary people in the planet, mm-hmm. uh, in the region. And to me, it's always like there is a there is a part of me that is like intimidated by it, you know, and 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 so it is you know because you're but they're also intimidated by you too. Well, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, we've had some very, very like handsome, attractive, you know, people that people just ooh and Goosh, ah over like, in the pot, yeah. you know, and we take photos with them. We're like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, we hold our own. We do okay. Well, I want <laughs> everybody who's listening to this, you are beautiful in your own unique way. And being weird is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And don't feel pressure to conform to somebody else's expectations mm-hmm. Or what you should look like, or what your life should be like. Follow your own drum, even if your drum beat is. I was kind of surprised that Aaron thought that this was like the second best um, uh, performance of the Super Bowl after Prince. I mean, Prince's is iconic, but I really think Madonna's is really top notch as well. Well, to me, the Super Bowl is not just a concert. It's it's a it's a celebration mm-hmm. of of culture and and musicians coming together and giving us something that we normally won't see them singing each other's songs, harmonizing, dancing together. So Madonna, you know, rapping with MIA with, um, uh, the other, um, was it Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj yeah. and, uh, L M A O F yeah. laughing my ass out loud. Um, and you know, every day I'm shuffling. Well, that was a big song at the time too. So, and that was so much fun to see Madonna, like, cutting loose to somebody else's song and losing herself in their world and their music and their style. Mm-hmm. And to me, we, I, I would have loved to seen that happen with Rihanna. And, you know, it's, it's also dazzling the way they change costumes and transform before your very eyes. And, you know, blame Michael Jackson. Why? Because he's the one who started it all with the halftime show and, and turned it into this juggernaut of cultural event because before Michael Jackson came along, you know, the first celebrity that did the Super Bowl halftime show was Carol Channing <laughs> and Ella Fitzgerald. And, and they were together uh, singing st- songs from Broadway. And, and, and I guess the press were saying they brought Broadway to the Super Bowl. And I'm just thinking like, Man, these people back then were like, they didn't realize how gay Broadway was. <laughs> <laughs> a kiss on the hand may be quite continental, but football is a girl's best friend. <laughs> You're like, oh. It's changed over the years, that's for sure. I'm trying to find footage of Carol, Carol Channing performing at the Super Bowl because it's very documented, except there's no footage or audio recordings or even a recreation of it. And, you know, and this is why, bu- has to be this is why I get bugged by these, you know, uh, drag queen celebrities. They're always like, well, here's the video of Carol Channing performing at the Super Bowl. And of course it's not. She performed in 1972, not 1970. And so Pandora Box was circulating this video from 1970 without actually having seen it. Oh, Pandora. I she opened like, up a Pandora's box yes. of problems, didn't she? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I maybe I messed up. Maybe she did show up in 1970 and did it again in 1972. But I watched the whole thing. And I'm just like, it's it's you know, it's a it's a nice football game halftime show with marching bands and cheerleaders and stuff like that. But you know, what we see today, this mm-hmm. this this pop culture juggernaut, that is thanks to Michael Jackson and his vision and his legacy. And All so right. and you know, of course, not to you know, Michael Jackson to Diana Ross had I, they were very close, but also I think in some regard they also were very um have a bit of a rivalry. What? So, so when Michael's Michael Jackson, boy. nonetheless, Michael Jackson is an adult and Diana Ross is an adult. When he performed at the Super Bowl, then I think it was just like three or four years later, Diana Ross came and exited via helicopter. Yeah, it was iconic. Get to the chopper, Diana. Didn't she do that in New York too? I don't know if she did like it in New did. York, but she did it at the Super Bowl. And, and that was the thing people were talking about the rest of the year. Diana Ross getting on a helicopter and they're like, she could have died. She could have died from that cop chopper, you know? And, you know, with Rihanna putting herself in these, you know, 
basically 80s video game platforms going up and down. Some people were saying that they were giant iPhones. Yeah. <laughs> and sponsored to me, by Apple Music. To me, I'm just like, look, it, that is kind of something that's exciting to see these artists be in peril and then, you know, show up and and dazzle us with their music. And, and not die. And, you know, because if you're singing and you're scared, you're like, you know... <laughs> I'm trying to think what Rihanna sounding scare would sound like, but you know, it's like umbrella, Ella, Hey, Hey, I get me out. this platform. <laughs> She'd be like, help stop the show. This thing's rocking too much. I have a baby. Get me down. <laughs> what if she got seasick and vomited? That'd be fun. Oh yeah. Cause she had had morning sickness or evening sickness yeah, and yeah. stuff. Cause I think sometimes people get it all day long. She's like, Oh, this is really, this was a bad idea. Get me down from this thing. <laughs> I mean, right. one day it's going to happen, you know. What's going to happen? That some celebrity is going to have like second thoughts in the middle of the, you know. And this well, is the problem. We'll report on it when that happens. Lady Gaga jumping off of the thing. It's like, you know, just listen. It's okay just to sit, stand there and sing and collaborate with a but few things. It was interesting things, how like the know? camera just opened like right on her. There was no reveal. There was no big drop it was very sublime oh there was a reveal well a baby bump reveal later but yeah. you know. she, the only thing was missing it was a gender like she should have had a big blue or red explosion but you know since she is an ally to the lgbtq plus community she could add a rainbow and be like oh. you can be anything you want to be my baby oh that's but you'll sweet. always be my baby <laughs> bye, bye everybody, everybody.